when wandering samurai Clint Barton, formerly known as Hawkeye of the Avengers, makes his way to New Mexico for kind of his own solo series. We'll see what kind of adventures he gets into in Occupy Avengers. Well, not exactly like that, but we'll find out all about it today on the Politipop Podcast. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we take your favorite pop culture media and discuss the social and political themes within. I am your host, Mike Booch, and I am riding solo today. Just going to be me today, and uh, today I'd like to talk a little bit about this new series I've been reading from Marvel known as Occupy Avengers. Uh, today we will be covering issues one and two, so if you haven't read them, please pick them up. Uh, find a website to stream them on, although I, I suggest that you go to the actual... Uh, a local comic book store or something, and support the franchise. Because uh, Marvel has been killing it in, uh, in the game of diversity and in the game of uh, just uh, all-around inclusiveness and social awareness and political awareness. And I think it's been awesome. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But a little bit of background on the story here. So, Clint Barton, uh, who is known as Hawkeye, uh, for a little while he became a ninja known as Ronin and uh, trained another Hawkeye in the meantime. Uh, but now he's Hawkeye again. Clint Barton, known as Hawkeye, who is a master archer. Uh, if you don't know anything about him, definitely read his work uh, in uh, in Matt Fraction's run. And I haven't read any of Jeff Lemire's run, unfortunately, but I've heard it's awesome. So, uh, he's a master archer. He grew up with a circus in which he learned how to shoot arrows. And he he's amazing. His skills are so much that he was able to join the Avengers... And stand with people like Tony Stark, who has super-powered armor, and 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 a being like the Incredible Hulk, who can level an entire city, and and Thor, and Black Widow, who's been trained from from childhood to be to be a, a master spy, and Captain America, the Super Soldier. Among all these amazing people, Hawkeye is one of them. And now he's on his own solo series. It's known as Occupy Avengers. So I'm going to be covering issues one and two. Issue 1, we find out that during the events of uh, Civil War 2, which was a whole recent Marvel event, spanned a bunch of different titles, I believe that what happened was they had this guy whose superpower was being able to see bad things before they happened. So, he, uh, he kind of uh, ended up getting a lot of people in trouble because... He said, all right, well, this person's going to do this bad thing. So uh, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. was like, all right, well, we got to stop them before they do this bad thing to prevent this bad thing. But guess what? In doing so, they ended up making these bad things happen. Who else did he predict uh, was going to do a bad thing? None other than, than the Incredible Hulk. And Bruce Banner has done a really good job at this point of not transforming into the Incredible Hulk. It, it's been a few years, but since it was brought to his attention... He decided to turn to someone whom he could trust because guess what? Bruce Banner hates the Incredible Hulk. He hates doing bad things and and uh, and being made to uh, to 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 leave people uh, as 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 victims of of his horrible tirades 
all throughout the land. Whatever. If you don't know the Incredible Hulk by now, uh, that's something you really got to get on. But being afraid of this, Bruce Banner decides to turn to Hawkeye. And he says, listen, if I turn into the Hulk again, it's your job to put me down. It's your job to kill me. And through the miracle of comic book magic, Hawkeye happens to have an anti-Hulk arrow. What is in it? I do not know. I didn't read it. But apparently it's powerful enough to put down Bruce Banner before he turns into the Hulk. So, S.H.I.E.L.D. accosts the Incredible Hulk, or Bruce Banner at this point, and they say, hey, listen, you got to come with us. You're going to be the Hulk. And he goes, no, I'm not going to be the Hulk. However, things are looking pretty bad. He starts getting all stressed out. They start, they start bringing out these feelings inside of him, and Hawkeye makes a judgment call. He sees, all right, looks like he's going to turn. So, boom, shoots an arrow right through Bruce Banner's eye socket and kills him. At the beginning of Occupy Avengers, uh, this leaves Hawkeye in a really bad place because he killed one of his teammates. He killed one of his best friends. And he ends up in New Mexico. I think he's going around trying to trying to solve things that maybe the Avengers uh, don't pay attention to. The smaller things. The things that affect people on a smaller scale. And that plays a little bit into the title too, right? It's called Occupy Avengers, which is obviously rem very reminiscent of the uh, Occupy Wall Street movement, a bunch of people protesting, uh, stuff like that. So he ends up going to New Mexico and he's at this diner trying to have lunch and all these people start accosting him because he's, he's a he's a freaking Avenger. He's a celebrity and he's the only one, uh, well, one of the only few that doesn't wear a mask. So everyone knows him at this point. And so they're all like, oh, I'll get a picture with Hawkeye. My daughter loves you. My kid loves you. Uh, and, and people start going to him and... They start, uh, they start congratulating him on killing the Hulk, which is pretty messed up because they know the Hulk is this crazy being that destroys everything in his path. He goes on rampages. Someone told him that, hey, you know, after the Hulk came through my town, my brother-in-law uh, was left in rehab for a couple of weeks. Uh, no, not it was a couple. It was a couple of years actually. He's like, yeah, he wasn't able to walk for a couple of years. Never thought he'd walk again. So thanks a lot for putting down the Hulk, which is. Uh, which is rough, uh, because what do you say to something like that? Uh, I was I was curious about that. If if ever there's a case where somebody has to put someone down in the line of duty, whether they be a cop or a soldier or something, is there guilt that they feel? Even if it's something that has to be done, right? It's a split-second decision. You never know. Uh, I looked it up, and... Uh, oh, crap. I didn't talk about show notes real quick. Uh, if you do want to access the show notes... Uh, please feel free to go to politipoppodcast.wordpress.com. I'm going to have all the show notes up there as well as my sources. So, you know, I'm not just spitting bullshit at you. Uh, if you want to contact us or interact with us on Twitter, we're at politipoppod. And you can email us at politipopcast, not politipoppodcast, politipopcast at gmail.com. I'm getting really good at saying P sounds right now. Uh, so what I did was I looked up if people actually do feel guilt after they put someone down in the line of duty. And it turns out that some that some cops actually do uh, feel that. And we know that a lot of soldiers also have PTSD coming back from the war. Now, a big part of that is obviously uh, being shot at, but I don't doubt that it would also be being made to do bad things. You know, we've all had that case in our civilian lives, right, where we have to do something that we don't want to do. It's the tough decision to make, but guess what? It's the right decision. Doesn't make it easy. Doesn't mean you don't feel guilt. So he's there and he ends up being uh, confronted by the by the sheriffs and the sh uh, the sheriff and the sheriff's deputy. And one of, and the deputy is uh, an Avenger named, well, he's not an Avenger. He's a Marvel character named Red Wolf, 
Uh, for those of you who don't know about Red Wolf, and to be honest, I don't know a lot about him either. They do some uh, character development in the Occupy Avenger storyline, which is pretty cool. Uh, but he is one of the Native American superheroes that Marvel has thrown into their into their mix. And there's a there's actually a pretty good line of uh, Native American superheroes. I know off the top you have Warpath and you have Thunderbird, uh, Thunderbird, and I believe there was also one who was in the New Mutants, but I haven't read it. So uh, if you do get those, uh, feel free to uh, send the info to me, and I'll and I'll mention it next episode. Uh, but we had this guy named Red Wolf, right? And uh, and he's a law enforcer. And they come here and they're like, all right, listen, you're making a lot of a ruckus here in our town. What's up? What's the deal? And he goes, oh, nothing. I was just uh, coming here for lunch and to have a nice uh, tall glass of water. However, you guys don't have water here. You only you have bottled water. You don't have a glass of water. Why is that? So they go on to explain to Hawkeye that, guess what? The water reservoir has been tainted because there have there's been lots of... Uh, there's been lots of uh, radioactive uh, waste that was being poured in the area, and it ended up tainting the water supply. So they have bottled water for like the past like two to five years. So it's been a problem that they've been living with. On top of that, that water reservoir belonged to none other than the Sweet Medicine Indian Reservation, and that was their big source of income. They would they would work with the local people to you know to trade to get money and everything. So now the Indian Reservation has been suffering big time. They're poor. They're sick. They don't have fresh water, and they can't. Uh, now their their whole means of, of living is 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 gone. So, this is a problem that Hawkeye decides uh, he's going to tackle on his own. So I love the idea that Hawkeye goes to tackle this because, like I said before, it's not something that's so big. It's it's not an alien that's destroying the world. Uh, it's it's not uh, a a bunch of um a bunch of Ultron robots that are that are uh, attacking Sokovia or, or, uh, or anything like that. It's, it's a problem that's going on locally in New Mexico, but it's not really big enough for the Avengers to solve. And, uh, I, I, once again, I just love the idea that Hawkeye is going out to help the people. He is one of the people, right? He's not a super person. He's just a regular person. He's just a guy trying to make a difference, which I love because that's something that we can all do, right? In our own small way, we can make a difference. So, this whole situation reminded me very much of two uh, recent events, neither of which has been completely solved. Uh, one of them is the Dakota Access Pipeline, and the other one is Flint, Michigan. Now, Dakota Access Pipeline, at the time I, uh, I put all this together, the Dakota Access Pipeline was actually, uh, it, was, it was suspended until further notice. It wasn't going to, it wasn't, you know, the, the construction was stopped, but unfortunately, uh, Donald Trump, I refuse to say the P word, which is his title now, in front of his name. Uh, but Donald Trump decided that uh, they want he wanted to push through for both the Keystone Access, uh, the Keystone Pipeline, and the Dakota Access Pipeline. So I decided to do some uh, some research and find out what the deal was with either of those, in case you're not uh, in case you're not uh, up to date. Also, it reminded me of the case in Flint, Michigan. Now. Uh, the case in Flint, Michigan, was that uh, their their water was poisoned, and not was not only was it poisoned one, but two, there were people that knew it was going to be poisoned beforehand. They knew that there were already problems, and they didn't alert the the local people. People got sick, terribly sick, uh, and the problem still isn't fixed. We know that Flint, Michigan's water supply has been poisoned, and guess what? No one's done anything about it. 
even since Don's gotten office, nothing has been done there to 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 help the to help these people. And not gonna blame him because guess what? You heard me complain last episode. Obama didn't do anything about the Dakota Access Pipeline, and in addition, uh, he didn't do anything about Flint, Michigan. Now, listen, I, I, I'm not the the most uh, savvy person when it comes to the government, uh, but I assume that the president has some kind of pull. You know, instead of this whole, oh, it's just states' rights thing, let the state handle it. Hey, guess what? You, you know, you can make a trip out. You can do something. What happens is the Dakota Access Pipeline, uh, they say a lot of good, if you go on their website, they say a lot of really good things about the pipeline, that it's going to be creating jobs, and that it is the safest and most efficient way to transport oil, and that the Army Corps of Engineers, the individuals that are constructing it, they reached out to the tribes beforehand and, and had meetings with them and everything. Now, the water protectors specifically say that it will be crossing through their land and that it will be endangering the water sources in the Missouri River, which is is the, the water source that they use. Once again, this is the stuff that's happening in real life, not the stuff that's happening in the comic book. The pipelines have several purposes. One is transporting, quote, hazardous material, which is ominous, uh, the distribution or collection of gas, and gas transmission. Okay, so ideally... The, the whole point is that these pipelines are supposed to uh, take the, you know, take substances and and transport them in a much faster and efficient and safer, safer way. Instead of like barreling up oil, for example, uh, and then putting it onto a train and having it on the train, uh, the trail rays. And then guess what? Uh, one of the, you know, let's say there's an accident. That's a whole problem right there. Right. Especially with all that, all that oil, all the, all the flammable stuff. Uh, and guess what? It makes the railways free for other stuff to be transported. So those are a lot of things that are being said in regards to pro uh, pipelines. However, between 2005 and 2016, sorry, 2005, 2015, there have been 11,208 incidents from pipeline, uh, uh, pipeline malfunctions. There were 360 fatalities, 360 people dead. 1,376 injuries, and guess what? 95 of those happened in North Dakota. So you can say, hey, this is this is such a uh, you know this is such a safe way to do it. But history speaks for itself, doesn't it? Experience speaks for itself. So you could see why these individuals would be uh, pretty pretty hesitant to allow this this stuff to go through their land. Also, I believe the land that it's going through is sacred land that belongs to them. And honestly, Native Americans have been fucked with enough, more than enough, in, in this country's history. As a matter of fact, this whole country's history is just fucking Native Americans again and again and again, right? Isn't it? So, you know, just, just, just let them have this one thing. But there's more, right? 2016, there were actually 614 pipeline incidents, 17 fatalities, and 81 injuries. There have been 10 incidents in North Dakota in 2016. Luckily, yielding no injuries or fatalities. Uh, but notable pipeline bursts in 2016 occurred in Alabama, Oklahoma, and Pennsylvania. And they've resulted in local water sources being contaminated with hundreds of thousands of gallons of crude oil. So that's rough. Now, where does the natives say that this is going to go through their sacred land and cause environmental disasters? Uh, because it's pretty common that that can happen. And it, guess what? I've heard that those environmental disasters, that those uh, those those pipelines, they get fixed pretty quickly, all right? You have people that are going out there repairing them, and that's awesome. They don't leave until that job is done, but it doesn't undo the harm, right? 
Okay, if if you have a if you have a pipe that bursts in your apartment, okay, you have someone that comes in and fixes it, and uh, and patches it up. That doesn't change the fact that all of your uh, that all of your paper goods were destroyed in the flood. I lost a lot of stuff when I when I uh, when I moved into my first solo apartment. The first week and a half I moved in, there was an, there was a crazy flood, and luckily, 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 my comic books and my Xbox were out of the way. I made sure that those were safe, but I lost a lot of stuff. I lost a lot of my clothes. My martial arts equipment got destroyed. My nunchucks got rusted and everything. Uh, and and the you know the cleanup was rough. I cleaned everything up myself. Uh, but that you know, and luckily I was able to clean it up. But that still didn't change the fact that the bad thing happened and and that I still lost stuff through it. A lot of electronics were also destroyed. Uh, because guess what? I have to make it all about me. Uh, instead of entire ecosystems being destroyed, right? Those natives are saying it's going to go through the sacred lands. They're saying it's going to cause environmental disasters. There, there are some pros, though. Some of this stuff might come with a risk, but there could be good things that will come from it. The pipeline, uh, they say that it will uh, create less of a reliance on foreign oil, which is nice, right? We won't be going into countries, destroying them, and claiming, oh, well, you know, just... Uh, we're, we're distributing some freedom over here. We're protecting our freedom overseas by occupying your land and then taking your oil, uh, which is awesome. And also, like I mentioned before, there's less traffic on the railways. Now, in the case of Occupy Avengers, the water was not tainted due to a pipeline burst or anything like that. Uh, it was tainted due to toxic waste that was dumped on the reservation. In this story, Hawkeye gets involved and... Uh, Instantly, there's people that are on his tail, uh, private contractors that are trying to kill him for whatever reason. So obviously, it shows that there's something more at hand here. He ends up uh, getting involved, and he ends up getting helped out by none other than Red Wolf, which is awesome. Red Wolf comes and helps him out, and the two of them they still get caught because uh, they, they end up bringing back uh, Hydro Man, which was hilarious. Now I I don't remember Hydro Man for much other than the Spider-Man animated series. I uh, I remember him there that he was this jealous dude that fell in love with Mary Jane and Spider-Man was like, hey, uh, can you try not fucking my girlfriend? And then he's like, all right, but what if I just drown you all the time? And he's like, all right, that, that's not cool either. So they bring in Hydro Man who, who's kind of just a, you know, a gun for them. He's just the muscle. And he ends up catching both Hawkeye and Red Wolf. And they're both, uh, they're both being held captive. Now, who ends up joining? Two young men from the Sweet Medicine tribe. One of them is named Silas Fireheart, and the other is named Frank Fireheart, uh, because Native American people have awesome names. And they end up uh, being motivated by Hawkeye and Red Wolf's involvement, which is, which is, is awesome. You know, it's a couple of teenagers, a couple of kids that are like, oh, you know, we're badasses too. But the cool thing was, that by two regular people stepping in, they were inspired as regular people to now step in as well and make a difference. Okay, <laughs> it's 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 pretty funny. They end up like driving in uh in their in their sweet muscle car uh to go rescue them, and and they have like hatchets, and one of them brings nunchucks and shit. Like they think it's a it's a huge action movie, uh, which is really cool. Their whole involvement reminded me of the involvement of so many people in the Dakota Access Pipeline protests. There's going to be a lot more, I imagine, and I'm very, very, I don't want to say afraid, but I'm very concerned because 
if what happened before is any indication, then things are going to get really bad. In case you're not uh, sure of what happened before, on this land, in the middle of winter, there were native people that were peacefully protesting, just standing there saying, hey, guess what? You're not allowed to build here. So the Army Corps of Engineers, they brought in dogs to bite them and attack them. They brought in water cannons in the dead of winter, in sub, sub-freezing temperatures, brought in water cannons to, to get these people to stop protesting and assaulted them with it. They brought in, they brought in uh, concussion grenades and beanbag guns, which, oh, that's great. That stuff is non-lethal. If you look those things up, they're actually known now as less lethal. That doesn't mean they're non-lethal because if you get hit in a temple with a beanbag grenade or, or, or a, uh, not a beanbag grenade, you know, uh, with, a, with a beanbag fired from a gun or a rubber bullet, that's going to take you out. That's it. You get hit in the right place, anything could. Uh, there's some images online of people whose arms were torn apart by concussion grenades, which aren't like frag grenades. They're not supposed to dispense you permanently, but they're definitely supposed to uh, supposed to deter you. That's what was happening. Now, these were just the native people that were standing up for themselves. But guess what? There were a lot of celebrities that started showing support all around the world. Uh, celebrities came out to protest the Dakota Access Pipeline. Uh, some some were online. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa, Ezra Miller, Riley Keough, which if any of those sound familiar, uh, it's because uh, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa, Ezra Miller, and Riley Keough are the members of the Justice League in the upcoming Justice League film. Okay, you got Batman, you got Wonder Woman, you got Aquaman, you got The Flash, and you have Cyborg that are all not there in person, but they're there online saying, hey, Stand up. Stand with the Standing Rock tribe. Stop, you know, stop the, the, the Army Corps of Engineers from from plowing through these people and destroying their land. So they actually kind of stepped up as heroes. However, they were filming the movie at the time, so they just made a video and posted it online. Mark Ruffalo uh, also uh, tweeted a lot about it, posted on Facebook. He is, uh, he's a hero through and through. Uh, some of you are wondering where he's from. He actually uh, is the Incredible Hulk in the Avengers films, in the Marvel Marvel films, which I believe his next film appearance is going to be in Thor Ragnarok, which is the third Thor movie. If I can digress a little bit, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, not specifically because of Thor. I you know I liked the first movie. I liked the second movie, but uh, the third one, one Ragnarok, is the Norse. Uh, in Norse mythology, uh, that means that that's the end of everything. And guess what? Where you have some apocalypses in other religions like Christianity, you have Armageddon, right? Where they're like, all right, God's going to judge everyone. The good people are going to come up. The bad people are going to stay behind. Uh, but in, in Norse mythology, from what I remember, is there's a fucking like huge giant god wolf that has this fight and, and everything else. Like Norse mythology, if, if there's any religion to believe in, uh, that is the one. You know, you get, uh, when you die in battle, you die in battle, it's a warrior tribe, it's a warrior race, it's warrior culture. Instead of going up to heaven, you go up to Valhalla, which guess what? In Valhalla, you, you fight all day, and then you drink all night and fuck all night. It's awesome. Uh, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, Ragnarok. Uh, so the movie pretty much looks like it's going to be like the end of Asgard and everything, and it's going to be up to Thor. But he ends up finding his way to a random planet. 
And what's happening on that planet? Gladiator games. What kind of gladiator games? Where they take the toughest sons of bitches from all around the galaxy and maybe the multiverse. Listen, I don't know. And they, they duke it out in an arena. And who is one of those fighters? It's the Incredible Hulk. It's Spartacus with the Incredible Hulk, which I would just love if they made an individual movie about that. If you have never uh, seen the animated movie, uh, take a take a watch. It's, it's really fun. Uh, Planet Hulk is what it's called. I would suggest that you also read the comic book. The Planet Hulk comic book is really cool. And more importantly, uh, the follow-up, which is my favorite of the two, is World War Hulk, where he has reason to believe that uh, something really bad that happened was caused by the Avengers of Earth, the same people that sent him away in the first place. This won't happen in the movies, uh, probably, because at the end of the second Avengers movie, the Hulk just goes away on his own. Uh, he decides that he wants to be left alone. Uh, but in the comic books, he was sent to this random planet by the Avengers because they decided that he was too dangerous. Now, obviously, this isn't canon because I just said that the Incredible Hulk was killed recently. Uh, the comic books are weird. Here's what I find. Don't look for one set story that's going to keep following through. If you want to start reading Batman, don't start from the first issue of Batman and read through. Because things get changed, timelines get changed. What I look for is find one good story. Look online, see what the top best stories are, and just read those. The good stuff remains canon, uh, but it's it's really just fun to see what the stories have 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 there for you. So, uh, for Ragnar... Alright, I'm going to backtrack my way here. Okay, I was talking about uh, World War Hulk, which is awesome, uh, which is the sequel to Planet Hulk, which uh, has a little bit of that that's going to be in Thor Ragnarok. In which the Incredible Hulk is going to have fucking armor on. Armor big enough for him to carry. You know, like one of those uh, those Roman helmets with the, uh, with, the, with the bristles on top and everything. He's going to look like a hardcore Marvin the Martian. It's going to be badass. So, uh, and uh, the Hulk is played by Mark Ruffalo, who said some shit about the Dakota Access Pipeline. He was also a huge uh, supporter of Bernie Sanders, and he's all like, listen, you know, uh, he, he's one of those, those liberal people that, that everyone hates. Uh, but basically, he's just like, yo, let's let's be good to each other. Be excellent to each other. You know what I mean? So, Mark Ruffalo is one of those people that said something online. But guess what? There were people that actually went to the protest. Now, you had uh, celebrities like Willow and Jaden Smith, uh, who are pretty awesome for actually going to the protest and putting their money where their mouths are. But you also had your common people that showed up. And in our world, the common people that we salute as heroes are what? Uh, law enforcement officers, firefighters, hopefully doctors, right? Anyone who saves lives. But also the people that join the armed forces. 2,000 veterans of the United States Armed Forces actually showed up to the protest. Now that is amazing. Because that's your common person who's seen enough battle, who's seen enough war, who's seen enough violence, and decides to go into a situation where they could be hurt even more just to defend, just to stick up for the little guy. And more importantly, I think that they have seen all this stuff. So they know injustice when it's happening. And they decide, listen, we're going to step in. We're going we're gonna to do our part to stop this. As I mentioned previously, construction was halted on the Dakota Access Pipeline, and it was a huge victory. But anyone that knows anything knows that it was a temporary victory. And 
this past week and Donnie's uh, first week as president, he decided that he was going to push through for the Dakota Access Pipeline. In the story, uh, they are able to uh, reach an end because sometimes there are happy endings. Although, if you really pay attention to comic books, they can be pretty grim. But in the story, they end up finding out that these uh, private contractors, who the whole time were holding Hawkeye hostage, and they didn't want to kill him, reason being is because if the Avengers got involved, that was it for them. What eventually came to light was that there was clean water and that it was being uh it was being privatized and used by these contractors uh, i don't know exactly what their names were uh in the in the story they were just uh according to silas fireheart and frank fireheart they were just like oh the white men the evil white men are coming in and, and taking our stuff and using it for their own gain again like they do they end up being able to fight off these guys and bring attention to it all and uh, the cops finally get involved and they lock these dudes up. They lock up Hydro Man and Hawkeye and Red Wolf are freed and there's a happy ending to that part of the story. There's just the first two issues. Uh, there's a lot that that's to follow. So Hawkeye decides, all right, guess what? I'm going to go on to the next place. Just like Kane from Kung Fu. He's just traveling the land, helping out people. But Red Wolf decides to come with him which I think is awesome uh, because it starts off a really sweet buddy cop and for those of you that aren't aware a buddy cop is what I call it when two completely different people decide to get together for a common good and and they they grow an awesome relationship together and and their conflicting personalities help out to the story if you haven't watched any uh Lethal Weapon movies, it's kind of the whole thing. Lethal Weapon, Rush Hour, that's where the term buddy cop comes from. You know, one of those buddy cop flicks. And also, uh, I've realized that there's been a lot of buddy cops in the Game of Thrones series as well, right? Uh, you have, like, Jorah Mormont and uh, Dario Naharis that went to, uh, to, to save Daenerys. Then you also had uh, Tyrion Lannister and Jorah Mormont. And then you had Bronn and Jamie Lannister, who went over to Dorne. And uh, my nerd is showing, uh, not because I watch Game of Thrones, but because I remember everyone's names. That's that's where that comes from. But this starts a sweet buddy cop. You got Hawkeye, okay, who's a white dude from the Avengers. He doesn't have any powers, and he's a super awesome archer, which is cool because, guess what? Uh, Native Americans uh, use that stuff to hunt, right? So I guess he's got kind of a connection there. Maybe they'll explore it later on in the story. I have to keep reading. I think I'm a couple of issues behind right now. And you also have Red Wolf who is this guy that's been reincarnated a bunch of times, and he's not really sure who he is. He, I think he, he used to have powers where he could talk to animals and commune with them, but now he doesn't have those powers anymore. So he has his own thing going on, and they both kind of tell each other uh, that this case is just that they're both trying to find themselves. They're trying to find out who they really are, and that's great because after what happened with Bruce Banner, Hawkeye is in a situation where he's not really sure who he is. Uh, you know what I mean? He ended up having to, to, to kill one of his brothers in arms, which is pretty fucked up. Now, I'm, I'm loving this. Uh, uh, I'm expecting a lot more political stories and representation to come into the series. And if, even if you just look at the cover of the first Occupy Avengers story, it's Hawkeye at the front. 
when his, he's getting ready to draw his bow and he's got everyone around him right he's got black men he's got latino woman he's got asian men he's got uh he's what are there any other kinds of people in the world yes he's got he's got uh, he's got brown people he's got you know muslim men indian people you know children that are with him and that's so great what's so great about it is that it shows that this is a book that is going to be there for everybody and no matter what background you come from you're going to have a stake in it and you're going to be able to to find to take something out of it and read it. Now, Marvel Comics has been killing it in the diversity market. I, I'm, I've become more of a Marvel guy in recent years. Uh, I used to be more of a DC guy, but mostly it was because uh, Batman is my favorite superhero, and there will be a lot of episodes to come that are based around uh, uh, Batman themed uh, episodes. Okay, it's it's. That, that's a whole thing. So that's why I was getting into DC. Also, I love the character of Superman, too. I think uh, a lot of people think he's boring because he's so overpowered. I think that he's great because he's basically a god among mortals, right? And yet, instead of taking control of the planet like he could and ruling these ants as a supreme ruler as the way that he sees fit, he decides that he's going to risk his life day in and day out, one, defending them, but two, living among them. And I think that's awesome. I think he's a really great character. And we'll go into the philosophy of Superman at a different time. But as far as Marvel, I have seen so much diversity recently. And guess what? I haven't even been reading that stuff. their stuff that much. I've been just looking around, looking on the on the comic book stands, and seeing everything that they uh, that they that they have available. Now they have Captain Marvel. Uh, Captain Marvel is uh, now a woman named Carol Danvers who has awesome superpowers. She's a big player in the Civil War II arc. And that she has a movie that's coming out soon. They have Squirrel Girl, uh, who I don't know much about her background. I just read some of her stuff, uh, so, you know, a story with her in the All New Wolverine series. Uh, and the All New Wolverine series is awesome because uh, X23, I believe her name, uh, I'm sure I paid attention. I read over 16 issues of it. Laura Kinney is her name. And she's the main character of the Wolverine series. The best part about this is that she's Wolverine's clone. And Wolverine is dead. So she didn't take over as Wolverine girl, Wolverine woman, she Wolverine, or um, woman Vereen, or any anything that says her gender in the title. Guess what? She's Wolverine. Same thing with the new Hulk uh, title that's coming out. It's not She-Hulk. It's not Hulk woman. It's Hulk. That's it. Although She-Hulk is the main character, uh, Bruce Banner's cousin. And uh, what else did they do this in? Oh, Thor. Which was awesome. Jason Aaron's run on Thor is one of the best runs on anything you will read. Jason Aaron is such an incredible writer. And I cannot suck his dick enough because he's awesome. Now, he uh, he wrote this arc in Thor, which I'm pretty sure she still is Thor. In which Jane Foster is Thor. She's not she Thor, woman Thor, <laughs> Thor woman, Thor girl or anything. She is just Thor. Because guess what that, that hammer says? Molnir says, whoever, not he who holds this hammer, whoever uh, holds this hammer, should they be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. And that's it. So she is Thor. And it's great. Now, we're not just talking about taking uh, ma male characters uh, and having woman counterparts in main title roles, which is awesome that they do that. But they also have a, an awesome amount of diversity. Ultimate Spider-Man right now is miles morales in the ultra in the ultimate world uh brian michael bendis invented him i believe and has been writing him uh to perfection uh and 
Uh, Miles Morales is a half black, half Latino uh, teenager who is now Spider-Man in a world where Peter Parker is dead. And it's great. And they're not shy about it. They bring race right into it. And it's awesome. Uh, they also have um, the Ms. Marvel series, not Captain Marvel, but Ms. Marvel, played by Kamala Khan, who is an American Muslim woman. Uh, well, she's a girl. She's also a teenager. Uh, but but that's she. she's also great. That's great. And there's so many more that if you just take a look at any of Marvel's titles, you'll see that there's a ridiculous amount of diversity. Now, some people say that this stuff is just being thrown in our faces and that... Uh, you know they shouldn't force these characters into these roles. You know just to just to just to include different backgrounds. Which to those people, Vin Diesel's outside again. To those people, I would say in the most polite way possible that it's not about this stuff being forced in. It's about real fucking life. Because guess what? If you go to New York City, I go into New York City almost every day because I work out in the city. And now you know a little bit more about me. Shit. Uh, because I work out in the city. And if uh, any given day, if you get on the, the Long Island Railroad, uh, the LIRR as we call it, you will see an amazing cross-section of what America is and of what New York City is. And Marvel, the Avengers, most of them are based out of New York City. And guess what? It's not just white Tony Stark and white Captain America and white Black Widow and white Bruce Banner and... Uh, and, and uh, white Hank Pym and White Thor. It's everyone. There are so many different kinds of people, and it's amazing that Marvel is finally putting that into place. Recently, I read an older Marvel comic, which was Amazing Spider-Man 33. It was uh, written by Stan Lee, art and story by Steve Ditko, but Stan Lee, I guess, wrote out the script and everything. And the one thing I noticed, and I notice it more and more now, now that I'm more aware of this stuff, is that there are so many white people in that story now these white people aren't being mean these white people aren't being racist they're not being villain well some of them are doc dr octopus is a villain but it's just that it's not realistic right if you have a character that's based out of new york new york city or queens there's going to be so many other people and that's the case a lot of people got pissed off that spider-man homecoming has uh, an indian flash thompson and uh and uh Zendaya is going to be in it. I think she's not going to be Mary Jane, though. She's going to be another character. Uh, and unfortunately, I forgot uh, because I didn't read a lot of the old Ditko stuff, uh, Stanley Ditko stuff, but I am getting into it. I'm going back to the comic book roots, right? But guess what? The kid goes to high school in Queens. It's going to be a very diverse high school, isn't it? So guess what? You could even make Spider-Man black. Okay, you have a kid that comes from a broken family and lives in Queens and doesn't have any money. I don't think that a white person is the first person that you think of, which I guess sounds kind of racist in the way that I'm saying it, but that's not really the way that I mean it. The way I mean it is that his experience isn't supposed to be meant just for one group of people, and that's what I love about it. And I want to go into this more in a different episode, but just talking about Marvel Comics origins in general and talking about the people that created them. A lot of the people that created them were Jewish refugees that escaped the Holocaust, and they changed their names. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby... Uh, were both Jews and some and, and the biggest names in comic books in all of comic book history. And what I think that a lot of uh, a lot of people who came from backgrounds that are that were known as minorities that they see in Marvel comics is they see themselves. My father was always a huge fan of superheroes and he's the one that got me into it. 
his family immigrated here when he was 11 years old and he decided to uh, get involved in comics. That's how he learned how to speak English. And he hasn't outright said this to me, but I think the biggest part is is that in Spider-Man, you see someone who's not sure of themselves, someone who's trying to live between two different worlds, someone who's trying to make a buck, take care of their family, learn, do the right thing, and yet he's also a social outcast. He has these two different worlds to live in, and Spider-Man gives him that freedom to be who he really wants to be. If that doesn't scream immigrant to you, if that doesn't scream multicultural to you, I don't know what does. And Marvel Comics has done a really good job these past few years of continuing that tradition and just welcoming different people into these roles. The current Captain America, is he the current Captain America? Depending on where you, uh, what you're reading, is, uh, is uh, Steve Wilson. I hope his name's Steve Wilson. Uh, the Falcon, who in the movies is kind of Captain America's black sidekick. But he's the current Captain America. Because guess what? That's also a role that A, doesn't, uh, doesn't describe gender and it doesn't describe color in it, right? It just describes a rank and a country. <laughs> so he's Captain America. And, and that's awesome. You know, give these other people a chance. Give someone a chance to see themselves in these roles. One question I wanted to bring up to you, and you could contact me, like I said, at, uh, at PolitipopPod on Twitter or politipopcast at gmail.com. And once again, check out our show notes and sources at politipoppodcast.wordpress.com. See if, if this is something you have an opinion on. Should comic books be making political and social uh, statements? Should they have those commentaries? I believe that these comic books should have those commentaries. Because, guess what? They always have in their own way. Now, they used to not want them to, but one of the, I think the first comic book to ever deal with drugs was actually Amazing Spider-Man 96, I want to say, but they didn't want that to deal with drugs, and guess what? Stanley pushed for it, because this is stuff that's happening in real life. Comic books, we, we don't have an ideal world, right? There's bad things that are happening all the time, but also in the real world, there's bad things that are happening here, and people who create books, uh, who create stories, who create any sort of media any sort of entertainment, I think that they have a, a responsibility to speak to something, to speak about something. If you if you see a love movie, a romantic comedy or whatever, guess what? That came from someone's personal experience. So if you could talk about, or even a song, right? If Taylor Swift can make a bunch of songs about her past relationships, then why can't somebody make a comic book called Occupy Avengers about dealing with the current injustices that are befalling people. I think that it is, like I said, a responsibility that if you look in any comic book, you'll see that they've already been talking about things that are going on politically, socially, and and, and that's that's what's important. If you read Miles Morales, The Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, at one point, his costume gets ripped, and someone's filming it, and they find out that he's black. And someone goes, "Yay!" One of the one of the bloggers, a Spider-Man fangirl, goes, "Yay! We have a black Spider-Man. We have a Spider-Man of color." And he goes, "Well, I don't want to be the black Spider-Man. Why is that important? Because to him, he just is who he is. He says he just wants to be Spider-Man." And that was always, that was always something that I noticed when I was growing up. My father is noticeably darker than I am. I uh, am white. I'm a white man. I'm luckily enough, 
luckily enough to be born a white man. But he'd always be like, all right, I'm Batman and you're Robin. But in the back of my head, if he puts on a Batman mask, guess what? Batman's a white guy, isn't he? So how can you be Batman? How can you be Superman? Superman's a white guy. A lot of people, a lot of superheroes, a lot of imaginary characters are white guys. And partially it's because we build them based off of ourselves, right? If you're a white comic book creator, you're going to make a character that, that represents you. That's based off of your experiences. So this this case of Occupy Avengers is uh, it's it's awesome. Uh, I I think that it has a lot of potential. I want to see it to keep go going uh, further, and I want to I want to see more of this one more diversity and inclusivity, uh, not just in this book but in all books. And I want to see more. There's so much happening in the world right now that you can't not uh, look at it and talk about it in some way, shape, or form. You could be a dick like me and once in a while record a podcast and make a million Facebook posts and ruin your fucking friendships with people like I do all the time and bring it up and annoy your girlfriend because she doesn't want to talk about any of this stuff. Or you can make something really cool that people love. something that 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 people hold dear and that way you know if they watch it at five years old they'll love it because it's cool if they watch it at 10 they'll notice something different about it they watch it at 15 they watch it at 20 i can't tell you how many times i've read the same book watched the same movie and it's come out to be something it means something different to me every single time and that's that's kind of just what i love about this stuff in general people tell me that comic books they don't mean anything because they're imaginary characters and yet some of these people are the same ones that live their whole life based on a book about some dude who died and came back from the dead and performed magic tricks and talked about just being nice to everybody and treating people the way you want to be treated and not letting the banks control you and giving up your material possessions so you tell me you know you have your religion i have mine I think that uh, I think that that's enough rambling. I could go on. Uh, I'm not even drunk, uh, but I usually ramble like that when I am. So if you haven't picked it up yet, please pick up Occupy Avengers uh, issues one and two is what was covered in this episode. the The rest of the series is going to be great. I have no doubt about it. So please take a look at that. Take a look at the other Marvel titles that are coming out right now. Uh, because as I said, they're killing it in the diversity market, and it's awesome. And I think also, if you are someone who's not used to a very diverse environment, read these things, and it will introduce you to that stuff. Because that is also important. Seeing a different point of view, having a different frame of mind. And even then, if you see someone that's different than you, and they're having the same experience as you are. Because it brings you back to the whole, oh, we're not so different after all, are we? So, uh, like I mentioned before, you can contact us on social media. You can contact us on Twitter at PolitipopPod. Email me at PolitipopCast at gmail.com. Find our show notes and sources at PolitipopPodcast.wordpress.com. For Politipop Podcast, this has been Mike Booch. I'm signing off. Stay tuned for our next episode where we will be covering Batman vs. Superman and its connections to the war on terror. Never stop thinking, never stop learning. Uh, White Hank Pym and White Thor. It's everyone. There's so many different kinds of people.
the fuck is that? Jane Foster is Thor. And she's not She-Thor. And they even mention it in the story. She's not She-Thor. She's not Wolverine. Uh, she's not Wolverine Thor. Wolverine Thor would be fucking awesome, right? Imagine claws made out of Uru. Ah! Uh, anyway. Um, she's not uh, She-Thor, uh, she Wolverine girl. Wol- oh, fuck, I keep messing up. She's not, uh, she's not She-Thor, Woman Thor, Thor Woman, Thor Girl or anything. She is just Thor.